I want to sincerely welcome you all here this morning. It is our privilege and honor, uh, and I want you to know that we're not just saying that. We really feel like it is our honor and privilege to have you here today. Uh, so thank you very much for coming. I want to begin this morning by telling you a story, uh, and it's a story uh, that I think is important. We are a people shaped by a story. As Patrick was alluding to earlier, we come together for a story, and this story is not nearly that significant, but it's a good story. So I want to share it. Uh, and so I've got some pictures on the next slide of these characters that I'm going to tell you about. Once upon a time, there was a selfish man named Joe. He liked for everything to be his own. Joe could not share his belongings with everyone, not even his friends or the poor. He was selfish. One day, Joe lost 30 gold coins. Oh, no. So he went to his friend's house, Bob, and he told him how he lost his gold coins. Bob was a kind man, and Bob was very understanding. He was sympathetic, and he told Joe that if he heard about anything concerning his coins, he would let him know immediately. As Bob's daughter, Jen, was coming home that day from running errands, she found 30 gold coins. When she arrived at home, she told Bob that she had found these coins, and Bob was joyous because he said, I know where those coins come from. He told her that the gold coins belonged to his friend, Joe. And so Bob sent for Joe. When Joe arrived at the house, Bob told him how his daughter had found 30 gold coins and handed them over to Joe. Here are your coins. However, after counting the gold coins, Joe said that 10 of them were missing and had been taken by the girl as he had started off with 40 gold coins. He further commented that he will recover the remaining amount from Bob. But Bob refused. He knew the truth. Joe left the gold coins and went to the court, and he informed the judge that there had been this injustice done him, and that he was wanting to reclaim what he believed was rightfully his. And so the judge ordered for Bob and Joe and Jen to all come to the court. The judge sent for the girl, and when the girl walked in, the judge asked her, how many gold coins did you find? She replied, I found 30 gold coins. Then the judge asked for Joe to come, and he asked Joe, how many gold coins did you lose? And Joe said, 40. The judge then told Joe that the gold coins did not belong to him because the girl had found 30 gold coins, and not 40 as he had claimed to have lost, and then told the girl that if somebody comes asking for 30 gold coins that he would let her know. The judge told Joe that if anybody reports that they have found 40 gold coins, he will send for him. Selfishness is a dead end. We spent the last couple weeks talking about the things that are dead ends. Sin is a dead end. Lies are a dead end. Fear is a dead end. Church, selfishness is a dead end. But isn't it so easy to be selfish? I mean, really, isn't it easy to be selfish? I'm going to do something that I'm getting in the habit of doing, and I should probably stop doing at some point, but I'm going to be confessional up here once again. I want to share two stories about how I've been selfish at home in the last couple weeks. And I saw Lindsay's head pop up real fast when I said that, so <laughs> this will be interesting. 
On Wednesdays at 6.30 a.m., I am part of a phone call between a few people in this church, and it's a very important phone call. I wake up every week for it, but 6.30 is slightly ahead of my normal wake-up time. And our house is rather noisy, so I always come up to the building by 6.30 to make this phone call. Very important. So I get to work early. I eat lunch up here at the building. And and this day, a few weeks ago, I didn't get home until uh, 4.45. Now, this is Wednesdays, and and I'm I'm like a lot of you. I come up here at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays to have dinner. So I got home at 4.45, and... I don't know how many of you know this, but I have a three-year-old, three-year-old boy who has not slowed down yet. Uh, he is probably running around like crazy out there, and he does this all the time. And he asks questions a lot. He talks all of the time. And that day, Micah came when I got home, and he kept asking, Daddy, Daddy, will you play to me? And I have this bad habit of saying, yeah, yeah, in just a minute. I will in just a minute. Well, that day, Micah was begging me to play with him, and instead, I turned on ESPN because the tournament was coming, and I was curious. From 4.45 to 5.45, I sat in front of the TV while my child was begging me to play with him. Church, that is selfish, and I admit it. Second story. Lindsay was preparing to transition positions within the hospital. You know, it's, it's a good move. She's happy about it. We're excited about it. But it's a change in hours. And so I, I know this. I know that she's going to have to go to work a little bit earlier. She gets to come home a little bit earlier, which will be nice. But it's a change in schedule, and she's not going to get the nap that she was having in the afternoons anymore. Well, Lindsay was preparing to transition, and Micah is an awful sleeper. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that because I don't like my child. I love him very deeply. He just doesn't like to sleep. He doesn't at all. He has a fear of missing out (laughs) on everything. So one of us had to get up with him one night. One of us had to get up, and we both woke up. You can tell when we're both awake and we're laying in bed thinking, who's going to get up? Who's going to get up? I was tired, which is an excuse. I had the day off, and so I slept. And Lindsay woke up with him. Lindsay went to work that night. Church, Lindsay, I admit, that was selfish. And it's on record now, so I guess you can do with that what you want. Maybe when you go home, you're selfless. Maybe you are. I hope so. I, I like to think that I am, at least sometimes. But let me ask you this. When are you selfish? And this is an opportunity to think about this. Are you selfish when you're at work? When your boss is walking around, is it really important to you that you receive the praise that's being given? Do you feel just a little bit slighted or quite slighted when your boss doesn't give you the praise for something you did? Do you have to be the recipient of that? Are you selfish when you come to church? Oh, well, that's personal, right? I heard a school teacher say about a teenager one time, I have to deal with this kid five days a week. I don't want to at church, too. Yeah, your jaw should drop there. That is selfish, and we have to call it that. Are you selfish when you're with your friends? Do you have to be the center of their attention? Are you able to have more than two people in a relationship? Is there room for that? 
or is there room only for you? Do you find yourself being selfish with your recreational choices? I'm going to prioritize my enjoyment over your enjoyment or your needs or your desires. Are you selfish when it comes to forgiveness? I'm prying now. I forgive you, but I'm going to hold on to this until we disagree about something. Then I'm going to throw it in your face. Or I cannot forgive you until you change. You have to earn my forgiveness. Are you selfish with your money? We've already had the offering, so this isn't a plea for more money, I assure you. But when you look at your bank account, how much is spent on you? How much is going toward your fulfillment? How much is helping someone? The lie of selfishness is this. Whatever I have is mine. Whatever I have is mine. It is my time. It is my energy. It is my love. It is my faith. It is my forgiveness. They are my friends. My money. It is my family. My happiness. My church. My home. Whatever it is, it is mine. But I want us to compare this to something Paul tells the Corinthians, just really quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul just has this, this thing that he says. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you were bought with a price? How can it be yours if you are not yours? We buy into this lie in so many ways. This is my time, so I cannot help you with that. I only have so much energy, so I better get to do what I want to do. This is my home. This is my car. This is my job. This is my money. This is my family. This is my church. Whatever it is, we buy into that. We hold out spreading love, faith, hope, our expertise, if we have that, our forgiveness, our empathy, our happiness, our passion. We hold on to those things because we buy into the lie that they are ours. Church, I'm going to ask you a question now, and this is not rhetorical, so please respond. Do we want to be like Jesus? Yay! If we want to be like Jesus, we cannot be selfish. At all. The very nature of Jesus will not allow us to be this way. And so I want for you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. This is a passage that many of us are familiar with. It's a passage we looked at on Wednesday night. It's a passage I've made the teenagers look at recently. This is a great passage, and we have to understand what is happening here. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. They'll also be on the screen. If then there is any encouragement in Christ any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. 
Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing, nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests. I've heard that, look not only to your own interests, and I think that's wrong. Don't even look at your interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him, that is the na- gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. If we are in Christ... There is no room for selfishness. If we are Christ's followers, there is no room for selfishness. Because Jesus, although he was God, emptied himself and became a lowly human. He humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. It's what we celebrate this week. It's what our kids experience this morning. This is not just an extra part of the story. This is not just something else for Christians. This is it. Jesus became obedient, therefore we should be obedient. Jesus is the example of selflessness, and we are called to emulate that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, is the bar that we are to live up to. So how can we live up to that? How can we stop being selfish? The cure for selfishness is to do what Jesus did. This isn't complicated. This isn't hard. Well, it is hard. But it's right. The cure for selfishness is to empty ourselves. We must exhaust everything we have to the glory of God because it's not really ours to begin with. That time that you are holding on to has to be given up. Give it up. The forgiveness you are withholding has to be freely given. Give it. The church that you want to be your church has to be Christ's church. It is not ours. It is his. Your home has to be used for the glory of God. It is not yours. It is his. Your money has to be let go of for the glory of God. It is not yours. It is his. Your passion has to be exhausted for the glory of God. God put those passions within you. You better use them for his glory. Your very lives, as Christ did, must be given up for the glory of God. 
If we are going to be Christ's body, if we are going to be Christ's church, then we must let go of the things we are holding on to and empty ourselves just as Christ did on our behalf. You cannot hold on to it anymore. In life groups this week, some of the questions that we're going to be talking about, some of the things that you're going to be wrestling with, is just what exactly did Christ give up? And the answer might be surprising. The answer might be interesting. And I hope that you'll all go to life groups this week and discuss these things. You're going to dig into this on a little bit more personal level as well. I want to finish with this. Some of you may know who Randy Harris is. If you don't, that's not a big deal at all. He's, he was a professor at a school in Texas that I went to. He's a really nice guy, really thoughtful guy. And I went to a class he was teaching one time, and he offered our class a prayer that, that has stuck with me. And so if you have a bulletin, we put the prayer on the back. I asked Tiffany to do that, uh, and you'll see that as well. And so it's a prayer by John Wesley, who's not of our tradition, but a very faithful, devout Christian man. This is a prayer that I want for us to pray together. You can read along. You can say it with me if you like. Uh, But I asked Tiffany to put this in the bulletin so that we can have it with us this week. And so every week what I do is I offer you a challenge. When I preach, I try to give you a challenge. My challenge for you is this. Every day this week, what if when we wake up, we pray this? What if we think through this every day and kind of make this our mantra for the week? I'm going to invite you to pray with me now. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Isn't that a great prayer? Isn't that great? I especially like the part, I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. Church, this week, as we are living our lives, as we are at home, as we are at work, as we are with our family, as we are together, let us be a people who follow Christ's lead and empty ourselves for the glory of God. Leon.